Hey, it's Nathan, and this is day 61 of the Bible in 90 days. We're in Lamentations and then going into Ezekiel and through chapter 12 of Ezekiel. Episode 61 finds us moving into the final third of Scripture. Just 29 days to go. Episode 70, in just a few days, will find us moving into the New Testament. Lamentations chapter 1. By the way, a chapter you should read. I'll share just a few lines from this heartbreaking lament over the fall of Jerusalem and a prayer for God to look and deliver. How deserted lies the city, once so full of people. How like a widow is she, who once was great among the nations. She who was queen among the provinces has now become a slave. Bitterly she weeps at night, tears are on her cheeks. Among all her lovers there is no one to comfort her. All her friends have betrayed her, they have become her enemies. See, Lord, how distressed I am. I am in torment within, and in my heart I am disturbed, for I have been most rebellious. Outside the sword bereaves, inside there is only death. People have heard my groaning, but there is no one to comfort me. All my enemies have heard of my distress. They rejoice at what you have done. May you bring the day you have announced so they may become like me. Lamentations 2. The Lord is like an enemy. He has swallowed up Israel. He has swallowed up all her palaces and destroyed her strongholds. He has multiplied mourning and lamentation for daughter Judah. He has laid waste his dwelling like a garden. He has destroyed his place of meeting. The Lord has made Zion forget her appointed festivals and her Sabbaths. In his fierce anger, he has spurned both king and priest. The visions of your prophets were false and worthless. They did not expose your sin to ward off your captivity. The prophecies they gave you were false and misleading. Young and old lie together in the dust of the streets. My young men and young women have fallen by the sword. You have slain them in the day of your anger. You have slaughtered them without pity. As you summon to a feast day, so you summoned against me terrors on every side. In the day of the Lord's anger, no one escaped to or survived. Those I cared for and reared, my enemy has destroyed. Lamentations 3. He has broken my teeth with gravel. He has trampled me in the dust. I have been deprived of peace. I have forgotten what prosperity is. So I say, my splendor is gone and all that I had hoped from the Lord. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. I well remember them, and my soul is downcast within me. Yet, this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for Him. For no one is cast off by the Lord forever. Though he brings grief, he will show compassion. So great is his unfailing love. For he does not willingly bring affliction or grief to anyone. 
Lamentations 4. By the way, you should read chapter 4 here. How the precious children of Zion, once worth their weight in gold, are now considered as pots of clay, the work of a potter's hands. Even jackals offer their breasts to nurse their young, but my people have become heartless like ostriches in the desert. Because of thirst, the infant's tongue sticks to the roof of its mouth. The children beg for bread, but no one gives it to them. The kings of the earth did not believe, nor did any of the peoples of the world, that enemies and foes could enter the gates of Jerusalem, but it happened because of the sins of her prophets and the iniquities of her priests, who shed within her the blood of the righteous. Lamentations 5. Remember, Lord, what has happened to us. Look and see our disgrace. Our inheritance has been turned over to strangers, our homes to foreigners. We have become fatherless. Our mothers are widows. We must buy the water we drink. Our wood can be had only at a price. Here are the final words of this desperate grief. You, Lord, reign forever. Your throne endures from generation to generation. Why do you always forget us? Why do you forsake us so long? Restore us to yourself, Lord, that we may return. Renew our days as of old, unless you have utterly rejected us and are angry with us beyond measure. And those are the final words of Lamentations. Now we come to Ezekiel whose ministry begins in the early days of the Babylonian assault on Jerusalem. Some captives have already been taken by the Babylonians, and Ezekiel is among them. However, the city of Jerusalem and its magnificent temple are still standing with Zedekiah on the throne. Ezekiel's ministry, therefore, begins before the final overthrow of the city, Thus, the early chapters of Ezekiel are a desperate attempt to prevent its final downfall. The timing of the prophet's ministry overlaps that of Jeremiah, and this can be seen in the broad thematic similarity between the books. It's worth remembering, however, that Ezekiel is among the exiles in Babylonia, while Jeremiah is among the people still in Jerusalem. Ezekiel's ministry also overlaps that of Daniel's, who wrote the book we'll get to next. In chapter 1, we find Ezekiel along the Kibar River in the land of the Babylonians. The prophet sees and vision four brilliant human-like living creatures, each with four faces and four wings. The four faces were that of a human, an ox, a lion, and an eagle. Each went wherever the Spirit led them. Fire appeared to flash between these magnificent creatures. The prophet also saw four complex, sparkling wheels beside the creatures, and the wheels' high and awesome rims were full of eyes. The wheels moved wherever the creatures moved, in any direction. And as the creatures moved, the prophet described, I heard the sound of their wings like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. When they stood, when they stood still, they lowered their wings." Over these creatures and wheels was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli, and high above on the throne was a figure like that of a man. 
I saw that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire, and that from there down he looked like fire, and brilliant light surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. At the magnificent sight, Ezekiel fell face down. Ezekiel 2 continues the scene. Son of man, stand up on your feet and I will speak to you. As he spoke, the Spirit came into me and raised me to my feet, and I heard him speaking to me. He said, Son of man, I am sending you to the Israelites, to a rebellious nation that has rebelled against me. They and their ancestors have been in revolt against me to this very day. Ezekiel is then told not to be afraid, but to be faithful to his work of declaring the word of the Lord. Then he received a double-sided scroll on which were written words of lament and mourning and woe. Ezekiel 3 finds the story continued. Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the people of Israel. So I ate it, and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Ezekiel was sent to proclaim a message to God's people, not to foreigners whom God says would have listened. But the people of Israel are not willing to listen to you because they are not willing to listen to me. For all the Israelites are hardened and obstinate. In order to stand up to this stubborn people, God would make Ezekiel as unyielding and hardened as the people themselves. Say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says whether they listen or fail to listen. Ezekiel is then told that God has made him a watchman for the people of Israel. He must deliver the message of warning faithfully because, as God told him, I will hold you accountable for their blood. If he was faithful to warn, he would be guiltless, regardless of the people's response. After this, the hand of God is heavy on Ezekiel, and he's instructed to go shut yourself inside your house. He would then be tied with ropes and unable to speak until God opened his mouth to give a message to the people. Ezekiel chapter 4 tells the fascinating story of Ezekiel creating a physical illustration of Jerusalem under siege, including a replica siege ramp built up to the wall of his drawn city. He was to lay siege to the city, lying on his side for 300 90 days, representative of the years of Israel's rebellion. Then he was to lay on his right side for 40 more days, representative of the additional years of Judah's rebellion. During these days, he would be tied with ropes so that he could not move until the symbolic siege was completed. During these symbolic days as well, he was to make bread from rations of wheat, barley, beans, and lentils. His daily water was also measured. He was to bake his bread over a fire of human feces, to which he protested and was allowed to use cow dung instead. This rationing was to be symbolic of the scarcity of food and water which the rebellious people in Jerusalem would suffer. Ezekiel 5 records that Ezekiel was then to shave his head and beard, then divide it by weight into three piles. At the end of the symbolic siege, one-third was to be burned in the city, another struck with a sword, and the last tossed to the wind. But take a few hairs and tuck them away in the folds of your garment. 
Again, take a few of these and throw them into the fire and burn them. A fire will spread from there to all Israel. This is Jerusalem, which I have set in the center of the nations with countries all around her. Yet in her wickedness, she has rebelled against my laws and decrees more than the nations and countries around her. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. You have been more unruly than the nations around you and have not followed my decrees or kept my laws. You have not even conformed to the standards of the nations around you. Therefore, she would be punished in the sight of the nations, just as Ezekiel's symbolic siege had depicted. Ezekiel 6 reveals that not only would the city of Jerusalem suffer, but the surrounding land as well. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to the mountains and hills, to the ravines and valleys. I am about to bring a sword against you, and I will destroy your high places. Your altars will be demolished, and your incense altars will be smashed. And I will slay your people in front of your idols. I will lay the dead bodies of the Israelites in front of their idols, and I will scatter your bones around your altars. Some, however, would escape the sword and be scattered among the nations. These would remember God, realizing how their rebellious behavior had grieved him. These would loathe themselves for the evil they, had, they have done and for all their detestable practices. The final words of the chapter, I will stretch out my hand against them and make the land a desolate waste from the desert to Dibla, wherever they live. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 7 is a declaration that the end has come. The end, the end has come upon the four corners of the land. The end is now upon you, and I will unleash my anger against you. I will judge you according to your conduct and repay you for all your detestable practices. I will not look on you with pity. I will not spare you. I will surely repay you for your conduct and for the detestable practices among you. Doom has burst forth. The rod has budded. Arrogance has blossomed. The king will mourn, the prince will be clothed with despair, and the hands of the people of the land will tremble. I will deal with them according to their conduct, and by their own standards I will judge them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Ezekiel 8 finds Ezekiel receiving a vision while seated among the elders of Judah. In vision, he is carried to Jerusalem, where he saw in the temple the idol that provokes to jealousy. He next enters a room after digging a hole in the wall and passing through a doorway. The room's walls are covered with depictions of all of Israel's idols. And in front of the wall were gathered 70 elders of Israel, offering incense, each saying to themselves, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. The prophet is then transported to another location in the temple where he sees women mourning the god Tammuz. And again, the prophet is transported. This time he sees 25 men, backs toward the temple, faces turned east, bowing down to the sun. Then God asks, have you seen this son of man? Is it a trivial matter for the people of Judah to do the detestable things they are doing here? Must they also fill the land with violence and continually 
arouse my anger? Ezekiel 9 contains prophecy against idolaters. The chapter begins with a loud voice. Bring near those who are appointed to execute judgment on the city, each with a weapon in his hand. Six armed men are then seen near the bronze altar, along with a man with a writing kit. The man with the writing kit was instructed to go throughout the city, marking those who grieve and lament over all the detestable things that are done in it. Just before he was sent out, it's noted that God's glory moved from between the cherubim in the most holy place of the temple to the temple's threshold as as God's glory begins to depart the city. Following this, the armed men were to proceed from the temple outward, executing all who had not been marked by the first man. As this took place, Ezekiel was left, weeping face down. Alas, sovereign Lord, are you going to destroy the entire remnant of Israel in this outpouring of your wrath on Jerusalem? God's response? The sin of the people of Israel and Judah is exceedingly great. The land is full of bloodshed, and the city is full of injustice. They say, the Lord has forsaken the land. The Lord does not see. So I will not look on them with pity or spare them, but I will bring down on their own heads what they have done. Ezekiel 10 continues the tragic story of God's glory departing. The majestic creatures and thrones seen first in chapter 1 appear again. And this time the cherubim are told to scatter coals over the city. The chapter also notes that not only are the wheels full of eyes, but also the bodies of the cherubim, including their hands and wings. The glory of God rose up from above these magnificent beings, and the cloud of God's glory filled the temple. After a detailed description of the complex creatures and wheels, similar to what's found in chapter 1, though with more details, This tragic scene is depicted. Then, the glory of the Lord departed from over the threshold of the temple and stopped above the cherubim. Ezekiel 11 finds Ezekiel transported to the gate of the house of the Lord that faces east. Men are seen, 25 of them, in fact, of which the Lord says, they are plotting evil and giving wicked advice in this city. These leaders had killed many people in this city and filled its streets with the dead. As a result, judgment was coming. You will fall by the sword and I will execute judgment on you at the borders of Israel. Then you will know that I am the Lord. As he was prophesying, Pelatiah, son of Benaiah, died. In response, Ezekiel fell face down and cried out in a loud voice, Alas, sovereign Lord, will you completely destroy the remnant of Israel? Ezekiel is then informed that these men in the city accuse the exiles of being far from God. But God pushes back. Although I sent them far away among the nations and scattered them among the countries, yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them in the countries where they have gone. And then God informs Ezekiel that these scattered ones would be brought back and given a new spirit. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. Then they will follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. 
Ezekiel 12 tells that these rebellious people don't see or hear. So the prophet is told to make a living illustration again. Pack your belongings for exile, and in the daytime, as they watch, set out and go from where you are to another place. He was instructed to dig his way out of the city through the wall, leaving as an exile at dusk with his face covered. When asked what he was doing, he was to say, I am assigned to you. As I have done, so it will be, so it will be done to them. They will go into exile as captives. Ezekiel was then told to tremble as he ate his food and drank his water, demonstrating that they will eat their food in anxiety and drink their water in despair, for their land will be stripped of everything in it because of the violence of all who live there. The final verses of the chapter declare that a common proverb would be put to rest. That proverb? The days go by and every vision comes to nothing. Instead, Ezekiel was to declare, the days are near when every vision will be fulfilled. And that's all for today.